Good morning, people of God. This is Apostle Shirley Evans coming to you again today. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Today is November the 1st, 2020. The time by my smartphone is 8 a.m. 8 a.m. November 1st, 2020. I just thank God for sound mind, peace of mind, strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I just love you, Jesus. I pray that when you receive these teachings, that it will find you in your sound mind with peace, love, joy, God's mercy and his grace. Because he said his grace is sufficient. So whatever you're going through, know that he loves you. He cares for you. He understands. He's right there. All you have to do is call on him and he will answer you. He said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. So Father, your word says that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge you and you will direct our path. So this morning I ask you, Holy Spirit, to direct me. Speak through me to your people the words that you want them to hear, that you want us to hear. Help us to be obedient servants because in times like these, we need a savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus. The only one, be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Be very sure, your anchor is holding and gripping the solid rock. Be very sure in times like this. We have to be very sure who we're serving because these are difficult, difficult, difficult times. This morning, I'm going to be sending out two messages as instructed by the Holy Spirit. Two messages. Thank God for November 1st. There's certainly a, such a shifting is, is like as the world turns. And so I turned and tossed and turned and tossed and couldn't be comfortable because in the spiritual realm, some things are happening 
blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. But we have to know that God is with us. We have to know that he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So there's a whole lot of turbulence going on. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We have to be very sure our anchor is holding and gripping the solid rock. So this morning, I've got two messages. But first, we are going to speak about the goodness of the Lord. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. Mighty God, Prince of Peace, mighty God is he. Saving me, keeping me from all harm and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise his name. My soul don't magnify the Lord. And my spirit, it rejoices. Even death, it couldn't hold him captive. Even in the grave, he is Lord. Even death, it couldn't hold him captive. Even in the grave, he is Lord. You need to stay under his wings. Under his wings, I am safely abiding. Though the night glitters and darkness are wild, still I can trust him. No evil can harm me. He is my father and I am his child. Under his wings, under his wings, who from his love can sever? Under his wings, my soul shall abide, safely abide forever. We're going into the teaching. Let us be atoned in this season to hear the voice of God. It is important for us to stay in the word of God, in the will of God, and hear the voice of God. Because what is going to happen, we might go astray if we don't listen to his voice to say, turn this way. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we're teaching about the fragrance, the fragrance in the furnace, the fragrance of the glory. But then there's a glory in the furnace. The Old Testament book of Daniel tells the story of three Hebrew boys, or no, three Hebrew men, because they weren't little boys. They endured the furnace of affliction for the, for the glory of God. Are you ready for that? It's coming. After the Babylonian Empire conquered the nation of Judah, many Jews were taken in captivity back to Babylon. Among them were three young men who were trained to serve in the royal palace of King Nebuchadnezzar. 
We know them today by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Although they served the Babylonian king faithfully and loyally, their first allegiance was to God. I found out growing up, I never met him, that my grandfather's name was Abednego. Everything went well until the day Nebuchadnezzar erected a huge golden idol and ordered all the people to worship it. Listen, we're coming into that time. When we're going to have to make a choice, who is on the Lord's side? Any who refuse would be thrown into a blazing furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remained faithful to God and refused to worship the idol. Then let me find that scripture in, 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 in Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. I want you to hold on to that word, the God we serve is able to save us from it and he will rescue us from your hand we're going to have to draw on the scriptures in this time he will rescue us from your hand O king but even if he does not we want you to know O king that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up they made up their mind they was not going on the evil side they was not going to bow down to the world system they were going to serve god everything went well until the day nebuchadnezzar erected a huge golden idol and ordered all the people to worship it anyone who refused to be thrown into a blazing furnace shadrach meshach and abednego remained faithful to god and refused to worship the idol Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned the three to him and gave them one more chance to comply with his order to worship his idol. What are you going to do when this new world order comes? Then he threw them down, down, he threw them down to Gander and said, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace then what god will be then tell me what god will be able to rescue you from my hand look at look at this we we need to think and ask ourselves how faithful are we because they were faithful they made up their minds they was going to hold on to their faith that they knew god would rescue them they would rather die than disown god listen we're coming to the place where they're going to want us to disown god because if we own god certain things we're going to have to suffer 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 
and certain things that we need, we won't be able to get unless we decide to fall for the idols. I might sound strange, but no. As a prophet of God, I'm telling you what it is about to happen. Who is on the Lord's side? You better stay on the Lord's side. They would rather die than disown God. That's why I'm always saying you need your faith to increase. You need to believe that God will do what he tell you he's going to do. And if he, even if he doesn't, they would rather die than disown God. You watch a lot of people who call Christians, they are going to draw back because of the persecution. If their faith isn't strong, they will draw back. They, those men said, they would rather die than disown God. Even, a bla even in a blazing furnace was preferable. They prefer that than to go to idolatry. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound and then thrown into a furnace that had been heated seven times its normal intensity. So hot that it killed the soldiers who threw them in. What happened next was certainly not what the angry king expected. In Daniel chapter 3 verse 24 to 28 the word of God says the king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire they replied certainly O king he said look I see four men walking around in the fire unbound and unharmed and the fourth looks like a son of gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that fate? Isn't that loving God straight to your death? It doesn't matter. Paul said, whether I live, I live unto the Lord, or whether I die, I am the Lord's. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through the furnace of affliction and came out smelling like a rose. Like a rose. 
trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of me above all. God honored their faithfulness and delivered them safely through the fire. This experience refined them and prepared them for greater work. If their faith was strong before the fiery furnace, imagine how strong it must have been afterward. God accomplished a broader purpose here as well. His name was glorified before a pagan king and his advisors. Nebuchadnezzar witnessed the glory and power of the true God manifested in and through the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As a result, the king was moved to call them servants of the Most High God and to exclaim, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then he promoted them to higher positions of responsibility and honor. Let me say this. Yes, God is going to bless us. Yes, he blesses us. But we have to go through the fire of affliction. We have to go through persecution. And then promotion comes. God allowed his servants to go through the fire so a pagan king could come to know him. So they were on assignment. They were on a mission. Those servants were willing to be afflicted in order for God to be glorified. God got the glory out of their affliction. Even as I said in Isaiah 53, he said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, which is his only begotten son of God. He got the glory out. The circumstances of life crushed. The circumstances of life crushed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they emerged with the fragrance of glory. When we grow, the glory in us is exposed. Only growth. Some of us, some, some know, and many of us know when trouble comes. But none of us knows who we really are until trouble comes. God takes us through tough times and difficult challenges in order to show the rest of the world what he has put inside us. He wants us to bring out some of his nature in us, to apply the pressure so that when we come out shining, people will say to us, I didn't know you were that strong. I meant... I remember I went to a church and I'd never met this woman before. And this is a, a pastor's wife. And, and she looked at me, she said, sis, I know you, but you don't know me. But you are a strong woman. You are very strong. Huh. I didn't know you were that strong. How did you make it? It must be God. Whether or not they realize it, they smell the sweet 
fragrance of glory that God has squeezed out of us. And I remember that day she said it. When I came through the door, her son was passing me at the same time. I didn't know it was her son. And he turned around and he said, oh my gosh, there's a presence. There's a presence on you. There's a presence. He said, I don't know what it is, but I could feel it. The crushing press of life and the furnace of affliction bring growth and maturity in our lives. Growth is glory exposed, putting on full display that which is hidden inside. Maturity is the full flowing, flowing of the seed, the full exercise of potential maturity for an, for uh, uh, the 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 papaya seed is the papaya tree but the seed must be crushed before the tree will come forth now i talked about my papaya trees which i've never seen any like that i went out there yesterday and it's more than 30 on the tree. It, 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 it's, it's speaking, it's speaking to me. It's speaking, it's harvest time, okay? Have you ever been through a particularly difficult or challenging situation and afterward said something like, man, that stretched to me, or I've grown because of that. I tell many people, listen, God is stretching you. Stop pulling back. Let him stretch you. That stretched me. Or oh, I've grown because of that. What you mean is that you handle something you never would have believed you could handle. Now it's a part of your life and your experience and you are better and more mature as a result after you've been stretched. The pressure of the circumstances brought qualities out of you that you didn't even know you had. What we call growth, God calls glory exposure. No matter who we are or what we have accomplished, we all have glory inside that, will, that, that still needs to come out. And God is determined to see us release it. As long as we follow our own initiative, God doesn't have to act. Sometimes, however, there are God-sized things that he wants to expose in us, things that we are afraid to do and don't believe we can do or simply don't want to do. That's when God acts to give us some incentive life suddenly shifts a little on us adversity blindsides us and god says this is to bring out some of the stuff you don't even know is there we reach the other side and all at once it dawns on us that not only did we make it but we don't even smell like smoke i had a vision last night in my deep sleep and I dreamt this tall man dressed in all white he called my name 
He said, surely. <clears throat> and I said, yes, sir. He said, come. And I went to him. And he was talking to me. And then he says, here's the keys. And he gave me the keys. I rested on the counter. He said, now come follow me. I picked up the keys, but I couldn't find my bag. And I said, oh, I can't find my colorful bag. And, and he says, just take the keys and come. I grabbed those keys and he had already gone in the front of me and I'm going walking fast to catch up with him. He said, come, you can make it come. And I'm walking fast, fast, and he's already reached across the street. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna get over there because of the traffic? And let me tell you something. Yes, the traffic came and I'm still running to go across the street to this man who's waiting for me. And he said, come, come Shirley, you can make it. And I started running. And, and in the area where I was running, it, this horse and carriages horse on his white on his white horse between white and gray and and the horse and carriage was coming in my pathway and he said come you can make it and as i'm going running the horse and the rider sort of had to swerve because they're realizing i was not stopping so they had to swerve out of my way and, and the man says, come Shirley, you can make it. And I went across to the man, we can make it. Yes, we can make it. We have to make up in our minds that we are going to run this race with patience, looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finish of our faith. And I, I, I came out of that singing, wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Mighty God is he, saving me, keeping me from all harm and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise his name. And so we have to reach to our destination, but we have to determine in our mind, no matter what obstacles seem to be in our way, we are going to be focused on the man who's calling us to come. Come. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Come. And I made it across to that man. I know that was the Holy Ghost. We reach the other side and all at once it dawns on us that not only did we make it, but we don't even smell like smoke. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Maturity is the goal of life and growth is the key hmm. i had the keys <laughs> not, not realizing this is what god was going to say this morning maturity is the goal of life and growth is the key without growth there is no life if we are not growing we are dying whether it comes sooner or later the result is the same Whatever God allows us to go through is for our good, to bring us to maturity and expose our glory. From now on, we should never ask God, why me? You know, we, we do that. Instead, we should say, 
Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord, and don't refuse me. For there is work that I must do. We should say, bring out your glory through this situation, Father, and teach me what you want me to learn from it so I can grow. Lead me into maturity and show me how to use this circumstance to bring out my full potential. So we need to reclaim our glory. Jesus Christ's purpose in coming to earth in the flesh was to secure, reclaim, and manifest the glory that is inside every human being. At the very beginning of his public ministry, Jesus taught concerning the characteristics of that glory. Matthew recorded the words of Jesus, Jesus' first public sermon in his gospel. You remember I told you how I went to sleep and and, 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 and all of a sudden my eyes opened and the big word was across my chest, Matthew. Well, I'm understanding it much more now. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 10 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. These words paint a vivid picture of the nature and character of people who have the right attitude and perspective toward God, themselves and their fellow men. Some people have, uh, I don't want to say the, I don't want to use that word. They have a bad attitude and they call the name of Christ. They say they are believers, but then they, 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 character and attitude isn't godlike they are people who live daily with their glory exposed blessed of god and being a blessing to everyone they meet let me say this again these words paint a vivid picture of the nature and character of people who have the right attitude and perspective toward god themselves and their fellow men. They are people who live daily with their glory exposed, blessed of God and being a blessing to everyone they meet. As they pass through the earth, they leave an, an, an unmistakable mis glory fragrance wherever they go. After these beatitudes, Jesus zeroes in and makes everything more personal, climaxing the introduction of his sermon with these words. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand 
and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Our assignment on earth as humans is not to be timid or apologetic, but bold with our vision, powerful with our dreams, diligent in pursuing our ideas and passionate in our work. God never does anything half-heartedly or without purpose, and neither should we. We should live and work with passion and purpose because that is the nature of God, and he created us to be like him. Our goal should be that people would see us and look to God. We cannot reclaim our glory or reach our full potential outside of a personal love relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's John chapter 14, verse 6. The only way we can re-enter Eden, that is the presence, the covering environment of the Father's presence, is through the doorway of Jesus Christ. Until then, the best we can hope for is to be a dim shadow of what God wants for us. We were created for his presence, and apart from his presence, we will never become all he wants us to be. Apart from the presence of God, we will never expose our full weight. Only in Christ can we reclaim, reclaim and manifest our full glory. Only in Christ can we reclaim and manifest our full glory. So let your life reveal his glory. What is God's purpose for your life? What vision has he given you? These are important questions because God has appointed you to a unique assignment. God has chosen you to live a life of glory for him that no one else on earth can live. If you don't already know, Ask him to reveal to you his purpose and vision for your life. You are filled with untapped glory. God did not give it to you by accident. He put you here on earth to release your glory. So let your life reveal your glory. Your purpose and vision are your glory. God gave them to you, not to someone else. Can I say that again? Your purpose and vision are your glory. God gave them to you, not to somebody else. Only you can fulfill your purpose or realize your vision. No one else can. You are a jar of clay with God's precious glory stored inside. He endowed you with gifts and talents to use in living out your purpose. Your gifts and talents were given to you in order to release your glory. Don't bury them away as a wicked and unfaithful servant did in Jesus' parable in Matthew chapter 25, 14 to 30. 
don't die in seed form. True success in life is to die empty. You'd pour it out. You poured everything. With everything you poured out, completely until nothing is left. The world needs your glory. Does that statement surprise you? So many of us have come to believe that we have little or nothing to offer in life. That's not true. That idea is a lie from the devil. Each of us is part of God's master plan for creation. You have something the world needs that no one but you can give it. Don't die with your glory still inside of you. Don't take your glory to the grave. The earth is waiting and prevailing for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earth is waiting for your glory. In Romans chapter 8 verse 17 to 21, the word declares, Paul said, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. So if you are a believer, you are part of God's plan to free all of creation from the bondage and decay that sin has caused. If you are not a believer, then you are one of those who need to be set free Christ is the one who sets us free. And in him, we can fulfill the purpose of God for our lives. What is God's purpose for your life? While the specific assignment will be unique to you, the general purpose is the same. Whatever your unique vision, whatever your gifts and talents, this is God's purpose for your life. Leave your glory on earth before you die. Pour it out. Let God break. Let God break your alabaster box. Let God break your jar of clay and pour you out like precious perfume that will leave a heavenly fragrance behind after you've gone. Live your life to its fullest for the glory of God. Don't be afraid to take some risks, to try new things, to confront new challenges. You will never really know what's inside you until you face a situation that is bigger than you are. That's when God can go to work and do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine or think according to his power that is at work within us. See, he's doing the work 
on the inside. Let me say that again. That's Ephesians 3 and 20. You will never really know what's inside you until you face a situation that is bigger than you are. That's when God can go to work and do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine or think according to his power that is at work within us. Like the Olympic torchbearer, running, running with the light, like that torchbearer, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. It says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. If we are faithful in this, he will hasten the day when God's promise will come to pass. And the Bible says in Habakkuk 2 and 14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. I said, our glory exists not for our own benefit, but for others. The glory of God is manifested when demands are made on our potential. The glory of God is revealed when we work out our potential. The glory of God is exposed through the challenges of life. And growth is glory exposed. Your purpose and vision are your glory. Your gifts and talents were given to you in order to release your glory. The world needs your glory. The earth is waiting, groaning, and travailing for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earth is waiting for your glory. Do not leave your glory on earth before you die. No, no, let me put it that way, this way. Leave your glory on earth. Don't go to the grave with it. Pour it out on earth before God takes you home. Everything he's asked you to, everything he's put inside of you, let him squeeze it out of you. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life an atonement for sin and open the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus his Son and give him the glory great things he has done now i promised you that i would send you two messages but i don't have to you know i just will continue and i'm going to continue 
because this morning the Holy Spirit gave me this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 18. And I will read it in your hearing. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 28. It says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, people of God, let me say this to you. God says, I told you last night, I was like, as the world turned, restless, restless, couldn't find rest. God says that days are coming quickly when the people of God and the wicked are going to experience severe, severe, severe persecution. You see how I told you about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Persecution. If you don't know and have a relationship with God, you really, 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 really need to have that relationship. I'm pleading, I'm begging you. You need to be covered and protected. And I don't want you to think I'm a scorch record. I am telling you because the days are coming. It's here. It's already begun. Yeah, you're going to be blessed in it. But then the persecution is going to be so severe, you're going to have to determine whether you are on the Lord's side or you're going to fall for something when you discover you can't get this because they say you have to sign this or if you ain't a part of this, you can't get that. You're going to have to determine for me to live. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I'm pleading you. The only way you're going to be covered under Psalm 91 is if you have a relationship with Jesus and walking in his holiness and righteousness. I'm telling you, I am not the compromising prophet. I am the one who God says, here's the plumb line, this is the line, this is the way, follow it. I'm not going to give you sweet words. I'm going to give you the words he tells me to tell you. But in all of it, he's still going to be with you because he was with those men. So I'm begging, I'm pleading you to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus. As I said, that's the only way you're going to be covered under that Psalm 91. And as believers, we hold on to that and stay on that narrow path. Stay under the covering. The persecution will come to the believers as well as the non-believers 
but we who believe God will give us the grace and strength to endure the persecution. I am telling you, I see it. It's going to happen. It's going to be severe. Remember, when I sent out the message with the song, Who is on the Lord's side? We are about to be tested in a persecution that you've never seen before. There will be rules and policies to comply and agreements. They can want you to make agreements and to come under their banner. They will try to make you go on their side and respect the new world order. You hear what I'm saying? So, so, so the thing about it is, Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me. Meaning, okay, if you've been feeding people or be, be doing the will of God, God wants you to know, I'm going to take care of you. And that's when faith, where faith comes in. Okay, I need healing. But then they could put some laws and say, oh, if you didn't sign this, then you can't go to the hospital. Then what you going to do? You're going to have to know that he is the God that healeth you. People of God, I love you and I'm telling you the truth. It's coming the time. I remember years ago, God said, there are going to be some diseases they are not going to find a cure for, but he's going to send the people to his people who are called by his name, who is walking in the healing and deliverance ministry for their healing. Because the people... If you're really, really on the Lord's side, you're not going to bow down. You're not going to, you're not going to say, but, oh, I need to go. I need to take this. I need to sign this thing because I need it because I got to go to the hospital. No, where's Jesus? He makes a way out of no way. And he's the healer and he's the deliverer and he's a sustainer. But I said, persecution is coming severely. But he that keepeth thee shall not slumber nor sleep. But you got to be kept. You got to be kept on that narrow way. You have to be kept under Psalm 91. You have to know that you know that you know that you believe. And you have to know that you know that you trust God. And you know that you know that he will never fail you. And so a lot of people are going to compromise. A lot of Christians going to compromise. And next thing you know, they're tied right up in that cult thing. On their way to hell compromising no those men say i'm not bowing down and even if i die i still ain't by bowing down we believe we have to know that we who believe in jesus our beliefs will be scrutinized you hear what i'm saying our beliefs will be scrutinized even to the point of death but if you submit to that false doctrine, what's coming? It's right around the corner. It's coming. It will lead you to hell. Because you're going to have to give up that you don't believe in Jesus. Are you hearing me? I love you, but I'm telling you what is coming. So, so, so there's a reason why God has been teaching and pouring out this teaching. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who the Holy Spirit has been using in different ways. But I'm passionate. 
I'm very passionate about repentance, about turning to God. What is coming? If you are not on the Lord's side, my gosh, you will not be able to endure it. And if you're not fully persuaded, that means you'll be swayed on the other side. But you have to be fully persuaded that he is able to keep you from falling. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling. But he could only keep you from falling if you stay on the right pathway with him. Stay under his wings. I'm telling you, even in a blessing, you're going to be persecuted. Severe persecution. And so, so all these denominations, you're going to find they're going to bow down. A lot of them are going to bow down and join in with the New World Order. Listen. Study the Word of God. Know what the Word of God say. You don't have to live under that banner. You have to determine in your mind, in your heart. You have to determine whether you're on the Lord's side or not. Stay under his wings, people of God. Keep Psalm 91. Understand what it says. Stay under his wings. But you can't just speak Psalm 91 if you're not living it. If you're not having a relationship with Jesus. Ain't, no, ain't not going to be no fakers. You're going to know who really on the Lord's side this time. The believers, those who are believe in God and living in holiness and righteousness, stay on this pathway. Try not to come off. Your faith need to increase. I pray that your faith will increase. You must get to the place where you say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 14, verse 8. I'm not saying this off my head. This is the word of God. Romans chapter 14, verse 8. Paul says, I'm going to read from, from um, I'm going to read from verse 7. For none of us live it to himself, and no man died to himself. Paul says, Romans chapter 14, verse 8, For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. And so, I'm saying to you, your faith is going to be tested. Much, much persecution. Much blessing, but much persecution. You're going to have to know whether you're religious or you're a traditionalist or you're a child of God and whether you're walking 
being led by the Spirit of God, and you have to have a determination for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so I had to I had I had to get that out of me because God wanted me to let you know that today. We have shifted, we have totally shifted, like as the world turns. And so all that restlessness in me last night, it's a turning, it's a turning, it's a turning. And so, and so God always give us warning because before the thing happened. You can't say, oh, I didn't know. No, 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 no. But that means you have to be prepared long time ago. You have to know that you had to know who you have believed. And you have to be persuaded who can keep you. To dream the impossible dream. To fight the unbeatable foe. To bear with unbearable sorrow. To run where the brave dare not go. To right the unrightable wrong. To love pure and chaste from above. To try when your arms are too weary. To reach the unreachable star. This is my quest to follow that star. No matter how hopeless, no matter how far, to fight for the right without question or pause, to be willing to march into hell for that heavenly cause. And I know if I only be true to this glorious quest, that my heart will lie peaceful and calm when I'm laid to my rest. And the world will be better for this. That one man, scorned and covered with scars, still strove with his last ounce of courage to reach the unreachable star. Here was Jesus on that cross being crucified for you and for me. And it didn't matter what. Even when his arm were weary, he was trying to reach the unreachable star. To run where the brave dare not go. You've got to dream the impossible dream. We have to fight the unbeatable foe. We have to bear with unbearable sorrow. To run where the brave dare not go. To right the unrightable wrong. There's so much wrong. To love pure and chaste from afar. To be better far than you are. To try when your arms are too weary to, to reach the unreachable star. This is my quest. 
I don't know what your quest is, but this is my quest to follow that star, no matter how hopeless, no matter how far, to fight for the right without question or pause, to be willing to march into hell for that heavenly cause. And I know if I only be true to this glorious quest that my heart will lie peaceful and calm when I'm laid to my rest. And the world will be better for this, that one man scorned and covered with scars still strove with his last ounce of courage to reach the unreachable star, to dream the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable foe, to bear with unbearable sorrow, to run where the brave dare not go, to right the unrightable wrong, to live pure and chaste from afar, to try when your arms are too weary, to reach the unreachable star. This is my quest to follow that star no matter how hopeless no matter how far to fight for the right without question or pause to be willing to march into hell for that heavenly cause and i know if I only be true to this glorious quest, that my heart will lie peaceful and calm when I'm laid to my rest, and the world will be better for this, that one man scorned and covered with scars still strove with his last ounce of courage to reach the unreachable star. And so I pray that is your quest. I know that you will never walk alone when you walk with God. I thank God that all these years that he has called me, I've been walking with him, with his help, with his grace, with his mercy, with his joy, with his power, with his love. I never walk alone when I walk with God. When you walk through the storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark at the end of the storm is a golden sky and a sweet silver song of the lark walk on 
through the wind, walk on through the rain, though your dreams be tossed and blown. Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone you'll never walk alone when you walk through the storm hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark at the end of the storm is a golden sky and a sweet silver song of the lark walk on through the wind walk on through the rain Though your dreams be tossed and blown, walk on, walk on with hope in your heart, and you'll never walk alone. You'll never walk. Remember, when you walk through the storm, because storms will come, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of the storm is a golden sky and the sweet silver song of the lark. Walk on through the wind, walk on through the rain, though your dreams be tossed and blown. Walk on, walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. My people of God, remember, continue to walk on with hope in your heart, even though the persecution is coming. Walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone. You will never walk alone because he will be walking with you. God bless you. May his grace and his mercy cover you. His love continue to flow through you. May the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your heart and mind today and always in the name of Jesus. And hold on to God's unchanging hand and continue to walk with him. Unbelievers in Christ understand what Psalm 91 says. He will have you covered under his wings. Under his wings, I am safely abiding. Though the night glitters and darkness are wild, still I can trust him. No evil can harm me. He is my father and I am his child. Under his wings, under his wings, who from his love
can sever. Under his wings, my soul shall abide, safely abide forever. Keep on walking on. Keep on trusting him. Keep on eating up the word of God and believing what it says. Keep on holding on to his love. Hold on to his joy. Hold on to his grace. No matter what is coming, his grace is sufficient. And make up in your mind whose side you're going to be on. Because he will keep you from falling. I love you. Have a blessed day today.